for another episode of Better Than Nothing. How are you, Miranda? It's been a while. It has been a while. You've been gone. I was off in the Hawaiian Islands getting my freaking tan on and getting my relaxation, my drink, all the things. I feel so refreshed and so ready to be back to routine, work, you, the pod. I've got a furry friend here that I've been watching since we got back. Life's good. And what is this animal's name? Well, Frankie is a dog. (laughs) I mean, you said furry friend. That that, uh, is in a big umbrella. I can only have dogs. You know, Chad is allergic to cats, so I can only Mm. have dogs, um, which is fine. Like... You know, I'm not missing out much. I had cats my whole life. As you know, you were there. And it's, you know, the litter box is enough for me to be like, nah, I'm good. Mm, I disagree. The cats, perfect. They're little angels. Yeah. I wouldn't mind, like, I wouldn't mind having one, but I'm also like, it's not an option at my life and at this point in my life right now. So like, I'm not really missing out and I can't get bent out of shape about it. Well, I disagree. I think you should be angry and you should blame Chad. I don't blame him. (laughs) Dogs are just like way better. They might be. I've chatted with Vito about getting a dog, but I'm just not quite there yet. You know, I want to be able to walk it like five times a day and I currently can't do that because they're just, I mean, of course I could walk the dog with strollers, but do I want to do that? No. Yeah, maybe if you have a little dog, you could get away with it. No, we're not getting a little dog. (laughs) Why? I've been watching little dogs, and I feel like they're just so much better. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just think that they're, like, they're smaller, they're cuddlier, they're cuter. I I do love, like, the bigger dogs, don't get me wrong, but I just, I have now this just love for these, like, little baby-looking dogs. (laughs) I like a medium-sized dog. That's my jam. A medium, I can pick it up if I need to. I can move it if I need to. But I'm also not getting knocked over by the dog because that isn't fun either. Oh, totally. Like, I think the perfect size is like a 30-pound dog. I can't even think of what, like my child? Like your toddler probably. Yeah, 30 pounds. (laughs) You can pick them up, move them around, you know, do all this stuff. What's the... Go ahead. I was going to say I want to drive around with a dog. That sounds like fun. The thing is, is I think most dogs, like, don't like to be in the car. Like, uh, many dogs that I've watched, like, have full-blown panic attacks, like, in the car. Like, don't want to ride in it. I think that's usually with small dogs. But with, like, bigger dogs, you know, they're usually okay. Mm, Yeah, I guess. It just depends on the dog, I guess. I guess for people who don't know... um, I do Rover quite frequently. So Rover is like an app where you can um, get on there and, you know, select a dog sitter, a dog walker, a doggy daycare service. So I actually, since, you know, we don't have kids, we don't have pets or anything like that. We're pretty, we are probably a very desired dog watcher. Uh, You're a dinkle yeah, well, we're dinks, but we don't have a dog. So we're not dinkwads. We're dinks. Um, one day we'll be dinkwads, but... Dinkwad. We're, we're part-time dinkwads, I would say. 
Yeah. With other people's dogs. That sounds like the life, honestly. <laughs> it is like, I, yeah, I truly like, it's nice. It's extra money. It's so easy. We've been blessed with like really well-behaved dogs who just like add to our life instead of take away. So it's awesome. Yeah. I think that's, that's just, that's exactly it. I would like to do Rover, but again, I'm already stretched thin. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely first, you know, if you have the time for it and things like that. So, mm -hmm. but what about you? What's new? What's going on? I've been seeing your TikTok series. You're trying to do a cut. What's going on? Give me the 411. Well, the 411 is that I'm kind of doing this like series on TikTok about a cut and it's called Get Lean With Me. And I'm basically trying to explain random little tips and tricks that I've learned over the years as somebody that has, you know, lost weight twice, like a substantial amount of weight twice. And I figured there's people out there that are always going to be looking to lose weight and they're probably not going to do it safely. So as long as I am putting out helpful and not, uh, you know, dangerous advice, you know, no harm, but yeah. That's well, that's exciting. It. How is the, like, have you had much feedback? Like are people enjoying the content? How's it going? I don't know. I can't really tell. I feel like I, I only get like 200 plus views on TikTok. There's not, it's not real, it's not real busy over there. Yeah. I don't think that, uh, you know, I feel like our generation with TikTok is such a hit or miss. You know, I think that like the younger generations, they just use it correctly. Like they just get it. It's like innate in them. And then our folks, we're just trying to keep up. Well, I I'm not speaking as a general thing yeah. i'm saying like a lot of us from what i have seen people talk about being successful on tiktok is that consistency is truly the name of the game like and we're talking like four videos a day consistency i know for months and months on months on end which is just like i absurd, just cannot. Right? I, yeah like i have such what? When, if you think about this though like the consistency required for TikTok um, right now to like build a following, like I said, is to post four times a day, right? But if you think about when Instagram first came out, it was the same thing. You could easily build an audience if you posted multiple times a day. So it's like the same it's the same concept. You can't do that today here on Instagram. You can't do it because there's algorithms and whatnot and things that they've changed to, uh, you know, how you blow up on Instagram is not how you blew up, blow up how you did in the past. Um, mm -hmm. But I do think that they are leveraging similar, like, you know, principles that Instagram had used in the past as far as TikTok. So I feel like it's so hard to navigate and I have such tight maybe that's not the word boundaries i don't know if that's the word like i have I to put a word on it like it's just there's only so many words in the day yeah. and yeah yeah just i don't want to waste it on tiktok i guess i don't know i i i think i completely agree with you because i have ideas for tiktoks and i think some of them like would probably like if i did them like you know they would be quality videos but it's 
for me, it's just, it's the commitment. It's like, do I even want to? Like I, it's a, it's a lot of effort and you have to decide if like, that's just how you want to spend your time. And, and to your point, it's right. It's like the boundaries that you already have established with social media. Mm-hmm. And I am not willing to break those all the time. And again, I have kids. I don't have time to sit and edit a video four times a day. I know that some moms do. Not this one, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah, there's definitely moms out there who are like super successful on TikTok. Um, and they're just like documenting like the most mundane parts of their lives, which I think is why they're probably blowing up on TikTok. I don't cool. follow a single mom on TikTok and I don't know. Maybe like maybe sorry, a mom that talks about motherhood. Does that make sense? Like I don't really that's not oh, like my content. I just feel like so overwhelmed by it. Overwhelmed and by what? The mom content. I like will instantly compare myself to it and it's just too much. I compare myself to literally everything, so I have to limit that. Yeah, I could see that. I was going to say, I feel like they're always on my feed, is moms. It's not on mine at all. Mm. Mm -mm. And mine is all divorced TikTok. Why is that? I don't know. They would keep pumping me out, like women talking about their stories. I love sending those stories to uh, Vito because I find them like, I'm like, wow, that is a crazy relationship. And he's always like, do you think that's what I do to you? And I'm like, no, I just think that I think that I don't, I don't know why I send them to him, but he, I think he thinks that I'm thinking like, well, you know that like, so every time you do that, the algorithm picks up on it and then we'll send right. you, you send that stuff. Yeah. So no, I know it is just all, uh, it's all over the place. I don't think they know who I am. <laughs> Probably not. Oh man. Well, cool. So you're going through your own cut. Um, How's it going? Mm, I think I'm struggling with the patient side of it. It's so hard to be patient. Why is it so hard to be patient during a cut? Like, mm, I want instantaneous results, Rachel. Yeah. Are you putting in, you know, 100% effort to the cut? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I could probably follow my diet better, but gosh. Like that's just... where it is, right? Like so you just saying that and admitting that, it means like, you know, that's probably why you're not seeing results. Because like I think truly people can see like cut results within like three weeks, which is like no time. Yeah, I mean, I probably – I don't even know if I've been cutting for three weeks total now. It's probably been, maybe, I honestly don't know. That's my problem. Is that like, I just, I try to teeter that line so I don't go overboard, but then I end up going overboard without going 100%. That's, yeah. Well, this is why I called Rachel earlier today about wanting a personal trainer. And this is why, because I need somebody to hold me accountable. Yeah, I definitely think like right now for you to be successful, if in fact, like you do want to go through a cut, like you should um, consider hiring a coach just for that extra layer of accountability. Um, I know for me, like that's definitely what I needed to like get my ass in gear and, you know, earn the right to get a cut. Like it makes you just fucking think twice about things like and I'm 
just way more accountable with myself, way more aware of my intake. And yeah, it's just, uh, I highly encourage you to consider it. I hear you. I do. I do. Oh gosh. I will tell you, and I think I said this in another podcast episode, but like the sense of relief that you feel once you've given that to someone else to handle and all you have to do is execute. Oh my God. Like it's just the best feeling that like, I no longer have to like make these decisions and worry about if I'm doing all of the right things. Um, all I have to do is just follow the plan. It's just like a huge sense of relief, a huge lift off your chest. I hear you. I feel like it would be, I am somebody that like cracks under pressure. I think at least that's what I have this idea of myself. I'm not sure if that's even accurate at this point, but I feel like whenever I involve somebody in my fitness, I like crumble. Does that make sense? Like when you, what do you mean when you involve someone on your, like I, I've in the past, I've like signed up for like, uh, like, like, uh, fitness apps. Right. And like, whenever I try to follow their like guideline of like their food stuff, I just cannot figure it out. I don't know why. And it's all food that I eat. It's all food that I like. And I just, I don't know. I just, I, I will like forfeit everything. Hmm. Well, I would say like an app is like way different from like an actual coach or individual. Correct. So So, yeah, I don't know what it's like to really train with a person. I don't really know what I would be expecting. I don't know what it would look like. And it's all just very a lot to think about. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fair. I think it's also like knowing, you know, part of the accountability is knowing I'm spending X amount of money a month. And I can't really just like decide not to do something or decide to like fumble the meal plan. Like you, you find a way to make it work because you're spending a lot, like an arm and a leg for these results, you know, that, that do ultimately, cause I'm sure an app that you bought was like maybe 12 bucks, right? Yeah. Like who cares about this? And yeah. you're like not even interacting with anybody. No. You don't hear someone's like voice on the other end of, you know, the computer. Like I, like we talked about today, meet with, this can kind of go for anybody, honestly. So if you're entertaining, working with a coach, highly encourage you to, um, find a few, find like three to five. And if you need help vetting someone for your goals or your needs, um, let me know. I can help you do that. I've had so many coaches in the past. I'm a coach myself. If you want to work with me, like we can talk about that, but truly, you know, finding a coach that you connect with and can help you reach your goals is so important. So not, you know, I might not be the person for you, but I can help you maybe find someone that is for you. So in Miranda's case, right. I'm like, Hey, find a couple that you can, that you connect with their content. Like you like them, you think they're funny. You like the way they talk, whatever it is. And maybe they have a, a presence of they help uh, moms lose weight or something like that. Right. So she's going to find three to five that she's attracted to that she thinks would be able to help her. And what she should do is actually get on the phone with that coach, not just like their salesperson who they have maybe um, running the sales operations, taking the calls. No, say you want to speak to the coach and say that you want to understand who they are and what their game plan is given, you know, your 
current situation and where you want to be. So that's what Miranda, what you would want to do is just like lay that out for them, then understand what they can offer for you. What does accountability look like? What does their training program look like? What does nutrition support look like? And have them really outwardly and maybe even visually show that to you. I know for myself, like, um, when I was taking sales calls, like frequently, I, you know, I don't really do that as I think some people know, and I can talk about this like at a later date, but just like when I was heavy on my sales calls, I always did presentations and would go over visuals of like, Hey, this is what you're looking at when you get on my app. This is what you're looking at when you get a meal plan from me. This is what what it looks like when you get your workouts. Like people can, people go above and beyond for the people that, you know, they feel ultimately connected with on the other end of it from a coach's point of view. So, and you want to work with those type of people. Yeah, that was a lot of information, but I heard it all. <laughs> Good. And wow. I think that you're entirely correct. And I think I just have this, and I'm sure other coaches, not that I am a coach, but somebody that's been in the fitness industry, they're so apprehensive to finding a coach because they're like, this is stuff I know. Why can't I do it myself for myself? And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. Oh, for sure. Like, it's probably the number one reason I've heard all the time is like, I should be able to figure this out. And my biggest, you know, response back to that is like, well, should you have to figure out how to fucking fix your car? Like, no, you get, you hire mm-hmm. a professional to help you fix your car. Should Not you- my husband. <laughs> okay. Miranda. <laughs> not that man. No, not him. But the same goes for like your nail tech. Like I'm not going to figure for me personally, I'm Mm -hmm. always going to pay someone to do my nails because if I do it, it looks like trash and that I I have zero, you know, zero beliefs in my head that I have the ability to learn how to do this on my own. Hell no. Mm -hmm. I know it's, I've convinced, I literally have tried over and over again and I failed, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to hire a professional. The same goes with the health. I don't know what it is when people hold themselves to this higher standard when it comes to their health, that like they should be able to do this. They should be able, I mean, I know why, right? Like it's, it's been ingrained for generation after generation after generation, but it's just a very false narrative that I hear to this day that I think people need to start to uncover and really start to change their perspective and put it, like I said, in the sense of like, you go and get your car fixed, you go to your nail tech, you go, um, you know, what else needs fixed? You hire a plumber when you like your sink starts to burst, you know, it's the same. It's literally the same thing. You hire a professional for something that you need to get done, especially when it comes to like time bound goals or things that you feel like you've tried over and over and over again and still haven't found success. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I do. And like, that's the advice that I would give somebody else. So I just got to learn to take my own advice. Yeah. So you're going to go ahead, find your three to five people, um, send them over to me. I'll help decide too for you. If like, you know, we think that this is, um, a good fit for you. And if you want me to even like jump on these calls with you, I don't care to do that too. So you feel like someone is there to advocate, you know, I'll, I'll definitely do that for you. I would love that range. That's what sisters are for, guys. Yes, I got you, girl. Um, 
I feel like I was rambling forever. And I know that, and on that same note, because like you were just super vulnerable with me earlier. So, you know, obviously we didn't have that plan to talk about that just now, but I did know that you had something that you wanted to share. That was a huge one for you this week. Do you want to go ahead and share it? Which one? Mm, Oh, the win that I had? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had a little win guys. So you know how I've been like trying to like be more personable and like you know, register that there's a human in front of me. I was at the grocery store today and I was checking out and I looked at my cashier in the eyes and I smiled at her and I said, hi, how was your day today? And That's like, awesome. it was, it was okay. Like everything went fine. And then she told me how her day was. And then I was like, do you have any weekend plans for Memorial Day? And then she was like, no, blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, but the pools are opening now. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So that's why the pool company down the road is like booked and busy. They have the whole parking lot. They're like stopping traffic. They're so busy. (laughs) And I was like, what is going on? And I was like, thank you for solving this mystery. Of Yeah. So we chatted. Now, I just don't know how to. So like, Maybe she was taking a while to scan out all my stuff, but like that conversation ended and I just didn't know what to say after that. I think that's, it It just ends, right? Like it's someone you don't know. It's like a mm-hmm. very low barrier conversation with, and it's just like pleasantry, right? It's just a pleasantry conversation to say like, Hey, how's your day? You know, maybe you never know anyone's situation too. Like that conversation could have really like made her day. Like, pulled her out of her head probably like you just never know so um they don't have to be like you know packaged up with a bow to end it like it just can end it can just be like hey how's it going oh yeah the pools and that that is what it is and then you just say like well well i hope you have a good weekend and then you end it there did you say like have a good rest of your day or something Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's how it ends i think it's perfect good job i feel like um i can talk to more people but the the key is to getting out to do that. Now, maybe I could try talking to somebody at a gym. My therapist and I talked about that. We hadn't, uh, yeah, we talked on Monday about, she was like, try at the gym. And I was like, hey, that's actually a good idea. I could probably do that. But I was like, what do I say? And I was telling her about like how my friend, uh, she's really into shoes. And she'll just like basically scan the room to see if there's any shoes that she likes. And then she'll go up to that person and tell them that she likes their shoes. And I was like, I don't know what that would be for me. Like, what is the equivalence to there? And then we decided on I'm going to compliment people's outfits. Yeah, that's super easy. Super easy. And like, yeah, even if it doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't go anywhere. But it might just feel good to like give someone a compliment, you know? I'm learning. I'm learning. Compliments don't flow to me easily. Just as like they, I, I guess I don't usually register people's compliments like that. So like I have to like under, I I just gotta, I gotta get some social conditioning basically. (laughs) Well, you're rolling your way and I'm proud of you. So I'm working on it. You're only there, you know, you can only go up from here. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So cool. Well, I feel like we are, uh, you know, 20 minutes into this thing. I feel like we should maybe jump into what we wanted to talk about today. 
What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. Sweet. So we want to talk about burnout. I know I'm like very passionate about this since I've experienced this in the last three years twice now, which <laughs> um, sucks, quite frankly. Um, I know Miranda's experienced this. She's texted me a couple times about this. So, um, wow, I just feel really called to talk about my own personal experience because I, I know we're not alone. Um, and it can feel really scary when you're in it. And how to pull yourself out of it. Um, yeah. Um, it's very similar. Burnout is very similar to depression. And it's kind of hard to figure out what the difference is. And, you know, treating depression is not also going to treat your burnout. That's what I've learned. So, like, what treats, even though they have very similar uh you know, symptoms, they're not the same in terms of treatment. So that's why it's really important to identify which one you got going on. For sure. I would totally agree. And even, and we'll talk about this too. It's like when you start to identify, you know, where the source of, because when it comes to burnout, it's basically, uh, it's chronic stress, um, mental, physical, emotional stress for a prolonged period of time is what burnout is really, you know, uh, defined as. And when you start to understand the root of the stress, you can start to kind of see if you can go down the path of like, is it depression is, and, and usually, so here's the thing I think that gets depression and burnout. I think, okay. I think Depression is a byproduct of burnout, in my opinion. So it can lead to that, right? So it can be um, like a pathway to that point. Um, Mm -hmm. In my, you know, in my opinion, I think from what I've been able to pull up together too about this topic. uh, But you can understand where the source of your stress is coming from, which we'll talk about that like as really like your first step to you know, understanding what's going on with yourself, but understanding the source will help you determine, I think too, if it's like, you know, is this a stressful season or is there something bigger going on that like, I'm really unhappy with my life. It feels like something is deeper than this. Mm -hmm. So, um, I know for me, I wanted to just kind of like touch on just my experience. So there were two instances where I've felt, um, chronic stress or just like burnout, I would say the chronic stress component or well, the first example I have was, and this has all been post pandemic, right? So I think we're seeing a higher prevalence of burnout since, since COVID. Okay. Since moving into a remote work environment, since our lives have completely changed, right? People who didn't pay attention to politics are now paying attention to politics. People who uh, didn't pay attention to the economy are now heavily paying attention to the economy, right? Because like all of these things are coming to light since the pandemic. It rocked our fucking world. And I think sometimes we like, we wanted to get out of it so bad. We wanted to, we wanted to get back to pre-COVID so bad that I think we, we didn't acknowledge the damage that was done in those years. Like we wanted to feel normal so bad that we didn't even, we were kind of ignoring whatever shit we experienced or whatever stress that we experienced in the thick of it 
just to feel better. We're like, I just want to be, I just want to see the other side of this. I just want to see the other side of this without like acknowledging the fact that like, maybe we experienced like some heavy fucking shit in the last couple of years that have like really put us in a position that is unfavorable is something that doesn't feel good. We don't feel like ourselves. Anyways, that is where it started for me. I, in late 2020, I was post, had a wedding in the middle of COVID. You can judge me all you want. I did. Had a wedding, um, planned it, kept it. um, While also- that was like, she wasn't getting any refunds, right? Like you were- not getting any refunds for the um, wedding. I, you know, I don't remember if I could have or not. I didn't want, to, like, I wasn't, I didn't want to risk it, right? So, so many mm-hmm. people were moving, were, well, and I have different opinions on COVID that I don't care to share anyways, but, um, you know, I was in a situation where many people were changing their wedding dates to 2021. Well, when they were mm-hmm. doing that, they're getting dates that they didn't want or getting situations that you didn't want. And then we are finding that the companies that you made, the catering companies you had or the venue that you had were going under. Like, right, right. So you I could remember lose, that. You mm-hmm. could lose out on a bunch of money. And I didn't, for me personally, did not want to take that risk. No. So and I, some people just don't understand that weddings are freak ass expensive. So yeah, yeah. it makes sense. But anyway, like everything was fine. I don't think that I, actually it's funny because like your wedding, I, nobody had had gotten COVID after two weddings in 2021 and 2022. I got COVID at both of those weddings. So it's just funny that the, the yeah. one in 2020 didn't get me anything. And that was indoor too. Anyway, anyway. But anyway, so yes, I planned the wedding and I, at the beginning, like many people was freaked the fuck out. Like, I mean, it was really scary at the time when we didn't know, you know, what really was going on mm-hmm. um, and didn't know the severity of the disease. I'm never going to discount anyone's personal experience. In my experience, I did not have the, did not witness the severity of the disease. I've had it three times. I get it. This is going to set pe- some people off. I don't really care. Um, Miranda and I have very different opinions and we'll, don't, I probably shouldn't talk about it, but in that instance, like it, it was very scary for me in the beginning and did, and over time, you know, my opinions changed, but planning the wedding, working from home, I was in a job that I like, I, I had never worked from home like many people. And then going into that, uh, work environment, working for a really toxic leader, like so fucking toxic. It was unbearable. Mm-hmm. And, and then, uh, I said with all of those things going on by the end of 2020, I was a, a shell of a human being that I was before, like sleeping all the time. Um, I, I experienced some weight gain, like just feeling, feeling off, feeling not myself. So that was the first time. The second time was actually last year, uh, 2020. 22, I was, uh, so worked for full time and, uh, was had a full roster of clients. I think I had 20 clients at the time and then was the maid of honor in a wedding and was in other weddings. Okay. So had to plan all these different events. So multiple things going on at, at once, um, a lot of money coming in and out and, um, was causing just a lot of stress for me personally. And in, even at work, like they were doing layoffs, like just many different 
scenarios that were and and you see that you know come to fruition later for me but that had also caused a, a lot of stress and my symptoms at that time was I wasn't sleeping, right? So wasn't sleeping, wasn't really eating, wasn't like that manifested for me in a completely different way. And that also looked like skin changes and body changes again. So another signs, we'll talk about just those signs of burnout, but that was just another experience I had. So it's very prevalent. Those were the two experiences I had. I want to hear Miranda's side of this too. And then we can talk about just you know, signs and symptoms of burnout and then how to pull yourself out. I'll, you know, there's um, some examples of there of how I was able to do that. And then I'll also want to, you know, listen to what you have to say in terms of how you pulled yourself out. But what were the times that you've experienced burnout? So I have a hard time separating if it's depression or burnout. I'm one of those people. So I've had depression for as long as I can remember at this point, And I can't really tell the difference, but the one way that you can is uh, when you separate yourself from all the stressors and it, the feelings go away, that is how you know that it's burnout and not depression. Now, for me, my experience, it actually like when I was separated from the stress, maybe it, maybe it wasn't long enough. Okay. So like had I taken a vacation and, you know, had a very supportive person watching the children that I could actually relax while I was away. Um, I probably could have gotten some relief, but uh, I didn't really find relief. And I think that after reflection on all of this, it was probably just depression that I was experiencing. So maybe not helpful. However, my husband has experienced burnout. So yeah, well, no, and I think that you can still contribute to the conversation, but I think that's a good way how you described like um, identifying whether it's burnout or depression is was huge. Like, I think that's a, a great way to understand, like, once you've taken away all of those stress stressors, how do you feel after that? And if you still feel those feelings, then it's probably something that you want to, you know, seek some help on. Right. And uh, so when I was away, I'm thinking of this time when I went to Chicago to, this is probably even, this is a terrible example because I was going on that trip with uh, Vito so I could stop breastfeeding, so I could uh, start taking a medication. Now, I thought that when I came back, like I would feel amazing and I would feel like refreshed, but like it didn't really work like that. So yeah, it it really is like literally like one of the things to do if you have a va- uh, burnout is to like take a vacation like as like that's like a uh, treatment right no, and so it actually is and I, yeah no I completely agree um, it's because... like you need to de stress like you got to like literally pull yourself out of it yes and that probably isn't the best example of a vacation because it really wasn't a vacation like a two-day vacation that's not a vacation babe it's not two days is not long enough (laughs) so the second time the most recent time i was experiencing burnout um was last year like i said and so for the entire month of july wasn't sleeping like if i was lucky maybe two to three hours a night And when I finally started to sleep was when I went on a girl's trip. It was a bachelorette trip for like five days and I started sleeping again. 
So it's just, it, I, I think that That's is one crazy. way to do it, but it, yeah. Oh yeah. I think, and I think it was part of it too. Like I was planning that trip. I was spending a lot of money, a lot of that money going on my cards, like bachelorettes as a whole, as a whole, just the wedding culture as a whole is just a just shit storm. Um, and anyways, uh, you know, after I was able to like go through the bachelorette, get it over with and be with my friends. Cause at the end of the day, it was a great trip. It was so much fun. I was with people. I was able to, you know, enjoy a new city, things like that. Um, I was able to just kind of like pull myself out of reality and be able to fully relax. Right. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, I think it's probably good that we can start to talk about symptoms. Um, and some of these symptoms are things that like I experienced and um, just signs that maybe you can start to be aware of if like you're, because I don't think, for, here's the thing, I, in my opinion, in my experiences, I, when I know I am in this state, it's usually too late. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Of course it is. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's really hard for me to identify it in in the moment. I'm I think I I think now after going through it two times, like I'm thinking that if you know I get to that point or I'm starting to get that to that point, I'm in tune now that I can understand and notice the signs and symptoms, and I'm super aware of it now. And I like really try to do a lot of what we're going to talk about today to prevent that. Um, but yeah, so let's so a couple of the symptoms that I really want to talk about are signs. Um, really start with, and we're going to start with like the emotional signs. So for me personally, I experienced this and, you know, I think a lot of people have noticed this as well is just, you are going to feel absolutely exhausted, right? Like, are you sleeping at weird times of the day? Like tasks that used to feel like extremely easy for you? Like, are you like, just to like brush your teeth in the morning. Does that, and like, you know, like I said, that can be a sign of depression. Um, you know, and those like, it can be a byproduct of that. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. does it feel hard to like do typical, like cleaning tasks? I know for me, I was taking so many naps and then still being able to sleep at night. Like it was, and I've never been a napping person, never in my life. And I was literally so exhausted. I could not get throughout through my day without taking a nap. Interesting. Yeah. See, this is where it gets kind of hairy as a mom when stay at home moms can absolutely get burnout. Believe me, it is not a very fun job sometimes. And this like exhausted feeling how are you supposed to differentiate between being exhausted and like, ah, you're up all night with a baby or, you know, you're running from 6am to 10 o'clock at night. Like, of course you're tired. So like, it's really hard to figure that out. And that's where the symptoms, it's really hard to diagnose this because it's, totally. it's not a technical term. It's still being understood. Right. Yeah. And I think it's like, you're going to have more than one. Okay. You're going to probably have exhaustion, but you're probably going to feel like have some, like the, some body changes or, um, some appetite changes. So start to like, think like if I'm experiencing more than one of these things, like something might be, it's all it is, is like, get kind of curious. Like is something fucking going on here? Is it, is it just that like I'm in this season of life? And sometimes it might be that, Mm -hmm. but get, where it gets to the point where it's too much is how long is that season of life 
going on, right? Mm-hmm. And that usually is what is causing the burnout. So if you are a new mom and you are feeling exhausted, that season of life is probably it's gone on for too long and you need help, right? Like you need mm-hmm. the support from your partner or your family members or whoever. Um, I'm sure like motherhood is like a whole different thing that I can't even comprehend, right? That I can't even start to explain. Um, on the second note of like the emotional and mental signs, in the, this, these kind of go hand in hand, but I'll start with the first one, which was like, you're just an asshole. Like you are very cynical. You are very negative. Your personality is just completely different. Um, you know, you're just, you've already lost like interest in your typical day-to-day activities. Like you, you start to think about it and you're like, I don't even recognize myself. I know that that is how I felt, um, both times, like most, and especially in the most recent, recent, um, time was like, I was showing up for my clients very differently, very differently, very, um, very irritable, very, um, my coaching style had shifted and it didn't feel like me, right? Like, so I didn't start to even recognize who I was showing up for other people as, um, and that was like a huge sign for me that like something is like, I've got to take a step back and like reprioritize what's going on because I can't continue to show up like this. Interesting. I, that's what I was experiencing. And that's what I kind of, that's what helped me identify that this might be burnout is because I was so irritable. Ooh, I was irritated. Everything that the kids did, it didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter if it was good or bad. I was so incredibly irritated from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed. So that sound, to me sounds more like burnout. It sounds more like stress, which is, you know, what we can conclude. But ultimately what burnout what it is. is, right? Yeah. Right. And with depression, in my experience, I know it can be experienced in a, a, a world of different ways. When I am in a state of, you know, major depression, uh, I kind of just go numb. There isn't... Yeah really much going on. I kind of just don't care about anything, but I'm also not having much of a reaction to anything either. Whereas when I think about this moment that I think was more on the lines of burnout, I was just so incredibly irritated. So I don't know if that helps a mom. No, totally. Like it goes into the next point, right? That I made note of was like, you're irritable as fuck. Like mm-hmm. everything feels triggering. Your partner's triggering. Your kids are triggering. Your coworkers or customers, like you name it, like you are pissed off, right? Like you are showing up in your world to everyone as like your mood is just completely off. So I, I noticed that one personally. Um, again, like I said, it's on the asshole side of things, but the asshole side, you know, or symptom is more of just like you've noticed that like your personality is fucking changed like maybe you're positive pam all the time but now you're noticing like oh my god i'm just like so negative like all of these thoughts are negative mm-hmm. yeah uh, the next point i have here is like you feel you might feel like am i depressed uh, it's, you know, like I said, lack of motivation, decreased mood. You feel like you're, you're like 
what do I hate my job? Do like, do I like my, like my spouse? Like what's going on? Like you're going to be questioning everything. You're going to be feel like what is going on? I, I, I don't recognize who I am. Like it's hard to wake up in the morning. It's hard to get like my day going, um, doing typical tasks. Like, like I said, burnout is definitely no depression is definitely a byproduct of, um, or feelings of depression, Mm -hmm. they're very heavily intertwined and it is very difficult to identify the difference especially when people experience depression in all different ways and they are exhibited in all different ways but yeah yeah and then um the next thing that i wanted to say about emotional like emotional physical or emotional mental signs the last one here is just the feeling of overwhelm like you feel like there is just way too many things at once that you are juggling. Like you feel like you don't have enough time in the day. You constantly feel behind. Those are def like, and usually that's where stress comes from, right? Like there's just so many things that you're, you're handling at one time and it just feels like it's too much. It's a huge sign. So couple that, like the feeling of overwhelm with the, the, lack of energy with the irritableness and the overwhelm, like then you can start to think like, "Mm, something might be going on here that you can address before it gets to the point of like, you know, the point of no return. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right to me. Now tell me what are the physical signs? So this is where like, I think I feel this I've experienced this the most is I I feel it on an emotional scale, but I also feel it physically. So, um, and I know a lot of other people do too. Appetite changes. The first thing for me, I notice that is like when you're running on, when you're in a state of heightened stress, your cortisol hormone is in overdrive. Okay. When your cortisol hormone is in overdrive, you're going to probably have a very lack of appetite. So no appetite at this point. So maybe you're not really eating. Um, For some people, like if you are in a stressed state, um, you gravitate towards food. So maybe you're eating more. So you can see like any appetite changes, whatever spectrum you're on. I know for me during the time when I wasn't sleeping, I was in overdrive to where I wasn't really eating. Like I was just kind of getting through the day on just like one, one to two meals. But after that month was over, it shifted. And like my, you know, I was really hungry. I felt like I was like, I was, you know, craving sugar. And that those were the only things that I really wanted to, you know, um, gravitate towards. Second thing. Yeah. Second thing that I've experienced for me, um, like I said, was like sleep changes. And I think this is really common as well. So like if you're going to bed at night and your head is racing, like you cannot turn off your brain, you, something's, something's going on. And if this is happening for like nights on end, you're in overdrive. Something else is going on for you to feel like you are not able to process what's going on in your life. Like before you go to bed, right? Like it's like the wired and tired feeling is usually a sign of like heightened stress. So that's a a sign for you to like decide, like I've got to pull myself out of this. I've got to like make some changes before this gets worse. Mm -hmm. On the other side of that, it's like you could be sleeping like, you know, when you're at the end of this where, 
I think it kind of goes in stages like this, this part where like sleep kind of goes to shit and then it goes to a point where like you sleep too much. Right. And like mm-hmm. you're, you're sleeping at odd times. So, and like I said, like the napping changes, you'll start to notice that. Um, some other sensations I personally notice is like, it's like a, it's, you can feel it in your chest almost like. I, I've felt like chest pains, heart racing, just like, I, uh, it's, it's an, it's a, it, I, it's hard to even describe, but just like the, the feeling of like you, you know, you can't calm down. Right. So that sounds like anxiety. Well, and these can like intertwine, right? Like mm-hmm. s- stress and anxiety are very intertwined. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are definitely feelings. Same with like what I put on here, like stomach aches. Like you can feel it like in the pit of your stomach. You're just like, I just feel like something's off and, or like headaches. All of those are just coupled with like those emotional, um, feelings. You start to just kind of like think about, okay, how many of these am I feeling? And then are these have I always felt this way or has something changed? Have, have I recently been put on a project that I, you know, wasn't on before or what new responsibilities do I have that have kind of pushed me into this overdrive? You can start to like pinpoint like, "Mm, this isn't normal. And then you can try to get it, you know, pull yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other thoughts? <laughs> no, I'm just listening. <laughs> well, anyway, so um, start to reflect on those, you know, symptoms, those feelings. See, you know, which ones resonate with you. If you're feeling like more, you know, I would say like if you're thinking, if you're anywhere in that like three plus of those symptoms, like really start to, um, you know, consider your options and like how you can how you can navigate your way out of it. And that's really how we want to go into the next point of just like, okay, you feel like you're experiencing burnout. What the fuck do you do? Because there's, there's not always like answer easily, readily available answers. And I highly encourage you, like, I know for both of those times that I was experiencing this, like rely on your people to just like have conversations with and share them. Like, you know, I'm fucking scared right now. Like, things feel off. I'm not like, I don't feel right. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm, you know, I'm, I don't feel okay. Like open up with your people and let them know where you're at. I would say for, that's the first thing. Like, just let people know that like you're, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, it opens the door for just transparency for like, I, I did this at work. I did this with my partner. I did this with my friends, um, my family. That way you don't feel alone, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can kind of start to work through these different points. So, you know, I want it, especially if you're in a heightened period of stress, I want you to start to think about these things. So burnout, right, is a chronic, chronic prolonged stress. So it's like, where is the source of the stress coming from? Uh, if you want to win the fight, you, you need to know who the enemy is. So understanding, is this my job? Is this uh, is it too much with my, like, am I, is, does it go back to my kids? But understanding, like, dive into the roots of those. So, like, 
kids and job, right? Job, it's like, okay, well, what about your job? Like start to ask like why until you find the root of the issue. So maybe you feel like it's your kids, but is it because, is it your kids or is it because like, you know, you're doing all of the house chores and taking care of the kids or start to really dive into like uncover what the true root causes of that stress um, so that you can start to uncover like where the source of the stress is really coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing here is like really understanding, you know, uh, what in your life are you like completely dreading? What are, mm-hmm. but then on the other side of that coin is like, what are, what is bringing you joy and how can you, eliminate the dread what can you do to minimize it and then how can you integrate more of the joy so understanding those two things is going to help you really start to like reflect on what you need to be prioritizing on the same note is who and what is giving you energy are there people in your life that are not that are taking more than they are giving to you um or draining you, start to identify those people or those things that are so that you can start to surround yourself around with the people that are giving you energy and setting boundaries with those who aren't. And cut them out of your life permanently. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The last thing here, and this kind of like wraps it all up. It's like, I really, and I had to do this too. It's like really understand what are your priorities? What, what do you value and what are your priorities? What's important to you? Make that list. Make a top five list. And anything that is not listed there is not your priority at this time. That doesn't mean it's not in the future. But at this time, until you can heal yourself, they don't have a place for you right now. Or, or it does not have a place for you right now. I think that is the biggest key in pulling yourself out is truly is identifying and adjusting those priorities. Yeah, that would probably help some folks and me included. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So those are some questions I really want you to reflect on to really pull yourself out of this. And now I really want to go with like, go on to things that I did to pull myself out like tactical things. Um, I have five here, but I really started this one with like a vacation. I think that if you don't have the means to do that, but that really helped really pull me out of like that physical situation of like the no sleep. Like I was really able to disconnect and that really started to shift things for me. Well, yeah. Can I explain this really fast? So what she's going to explain are things that like, so yeah, no, some people don't have access to a vacation, right? Like I can't just up and leave because I have kids. I got to figure things out before I go. So what can I do in the meantime? I need to shut my brain off. We're talking no thoughts, right? That's the same thing that a vacation can kind of do for you, but here's how you can do it in your own bed. Okay. Yeah. No, that's exactly what it is. Right. And like, I, at the time that I experienced this the first time, like I didn't have, um, you know, I wasn't able to like take a vacation. That wasn't an option for me. So these are all things that I like practice today. Um, but that I also leveraged, you know, last year as well. So 
if you're a client of mine, you know this. Um, I just talked about this with Miranda. And this is just something that I have been told to by other coaches. And over the years I have learned, but I re- this has stuck with me f- for the last you know year now, especially this phrase, but it's gratitude. So, and not just like, you know, I think people can like think it's woo woo or it's bullshit, but truly start to think about this. You can interrupt the feelings of anxiety, stress, maybe even like feelings of depression with the gratitude. It instantly pulls you out of those states. If you, for a second, are in a state of heightened stress and you pause and you think of, okay, what are, what is going right in my life? What do I have going on that I'm so grateful for? And you can name one, two, three things. You're, you're instantly going to be pulled out of that stressful state. That is instantly going to change your perception on that situation. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I've been trying to practice gratitude for ages. It's really difficult. I do recommend that moms do it. However, it's really hard when you're just really in the thick of things to like remind yourself that like there's, because like as a mom, there is a lot of things to be grateful for. We just have to remind ourselves to do the gratitude. Well, and like, and I was just telling Miranda this, I'm like, so for example, right, like just feeling like, you know, feeling uncomfortable in your body and like really just getting down to like, if you just look, I was just at the airport, right? And I'm just looking around at people and, you know, I see someone in a wheelchair and I'm like, man, you know, I'm so fucking grateful that like my body works to where like, I don't have to. I'm not in a wheelchair, you know, I'm not. And and especially when you see someone who's young, who's 20 years old and you're in a wheelchair, that'll fucking really pull you back into reality and be like, wow, I, you know, I really do feel grateful for my situation or same with like, um, people who do have disabilities, like that instantly will pull me out of anything that I'm feeling like, oh, woe is me. Right. And I'm not to say that like, no, that's it, but it does, it truly, it's, it's going to help pull you out of that, um, that state of that anxiety, stressful, uh, feelings. So yeah, kind of like when I want you to be, I want folks to be grateful for the poops that they take. What? Be grateful for the, uh, poops that come out that don't destroy you completely. There you go. That too. Never know when that butthole will turn against you. That too. Oh, <laughs> the second thing that I didn't really take seriously until this last year was meditation and more so on like the breathing. Um, and I'll just really lean on the breathing side of things. Some people don't really connect with meditation. Fine. Breathing. I want to do a whole episode on that because uh, meditation is really interesting and it looks different on everybody, especially yeah. neurodivergent folks. So I can't wait to talk about that. So for me personally, I do more so like breathing exercises and there is literally, literally you doing breathing exercises. So breathing in for a count of three and holding your breath for, let's say two breaths and then exhaling to a count of four 
brings you into a parasympathetic state. And when you're in a parasympathetic state, you're out of that flight or fight. So it, it is the easiest thing that you can do to pull you out of that heightened stress state in that moment. Even And I always recommend just three breaths and you're you will literally calm your nervous system. So that's the easiest thing that you can do to pull yourself out of a stressful situation. Take three breaths. Make sure that your uh, exhale is longer than your inhale and watch how your, you know, your heart rate starts to calm down, right? You're maybe like you relax your shoulders a little bit. Breath work is probably the most under underrated point. I have to agree. Mm-hmm. I got to agree. I For me, it was life-changing. Yeah. It is. It is. And it's very, very helpful for, oh gosh, so many things. Like, oh, I could go, I could go in. I got to stop. <laughs> so uh, something else that like, I think is hard when you're in the state is like, you're really like, you feel a, maybe for me, like there's a little bit of rumination that might be happening, especially in um, that heightened st- stress state. So it's like getting out of your head and into your body. And like, how can you do that? Um, and for some people that looks like movement. So does that look like playing tennis? Does it, does that look like going for a walk? Um, does that look like going for a run? How can you move your body in a way that is going to help you get out of your head and into your body? Yeah. It's like a great distraction for sure. And that's, and like, you know, and that's okay if that's, you know, if that's what you need to do. Right. And I want, I'll get into like how you can kind of distract yourself from, because I think that's what really helped me too, was like finding joy. And this goes into one of those points, but it's like finding joy in things that, um, that are outside of like work and relationships. Like I really buried myself and this is like, seems silly, but in like, I got really got into reality TV. Like I, that was just like this trash TV that I was able to just like separate from my current reality to just kind of like escape and to, and it would, but what it was doing, it was relaxing my body. Like I so badly needed to get out of my head that I was able to focus on something else and to just like relax my body that I was starting to like fall asleep again and to like completely relax and just to regulate my nervous system. And my people might fucking say something about that, but truly that was one thing that really helped me. That's why it's still an anchor in my life right now. It's like, I still prioritize my reality TV and my junk podcasts because that's not everything. One is that deep, but two, it's like the constant learning, the constant and operating in that side of your brain that is logic. And that is, um, I think it's the right brain, maybe. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know. It can be just overly activated. Um, and you need a good balance of both, which brings me to my last you know, point here, which is just using that different side of your brain, getting into that left brain of creativity, sport, gardening. How can you use your hands? How can you um, get out of that logical state and pull yourself into this creative left side brain. You need both of them firing and being, and usually what causes burnout is being too much on one side of it. And typically mm-hmm. people are too much in that logic side of it. Yeah. You have to have fun in your life. I mean, pretty much. It's like you're, um, you're a Sims character. 
So you got social needs, you got uh, creativity needs that you gotta fulfill on your little social media bar. Your bar. And no, it, truly, like you are like a Sims character, just needing to like in the state of burnout, you've tipped over. You're you. So I had a coach who explained this like really well. So when we're t- too stressed, it is a there's a scale, right? So. Um, everyone knows like the Goldilocks story. So, um, you know, too much, too little, not enough. Right. Um, or just right. And the Goldilocks analogy is that we can be in a, we need just amount a just right amount of stress. Anytime we're tipping into the too little or too much is where we get into the hairy situation of like, you know, too much, especially you're going to get in the hairy situation of that burnout and understanding how you get into the too much. So I can start to notice symptoms now of like, okay, am I starting to like feel weird in my body? Am I, am I entering that too much state? Always try to keep that in mind. Being in that just right amount of stress. What does that feel like? What does it feel like to be in the too much? What are those sensations? What's going on in your head? What's going on in your body that puts you in that too much? And then what does it feel like when you're in the just right amount of stress? And identifying those two things will help you understand when you are getting to that point of being close to burnout. Yeah, that sounds about right. You have nothing We're just Goldilocks here. I want to say more, but there's a big old truck that's just revving its engine, and I'm worried that you'll be able to catch it on audio. Okay. So. All right. Well, I think that really wraps up everything that I wanted to talk about today about burnout. If this is something like you experience and you feel lonely and you feel like there's no way out um, or you're scared that there's no way out, like, man, send me a DM. Like, I'll definitely talk to you about it. I'll definitely, like – help you work through that and help you know that like you're not broken there's you'll see through the other side it's just um it's just gonna take some time and I think with that we can close it out yep well thank you guys for listening and I can't wait for future episodes I hope you have an amazing weekend and have a great Friday do something that you love Read a book. Miranda, is that what you're contributing today? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, like the episode, subscribe to the channel um, or follow the channel. We will also be probably be posting some stuff on Instagram for you to connect with us there. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.